It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's very relevant to what we're talking about today. Isn't it is it? super relevant. Eagle-eared listeners will remember we used to introduce the show in exactly the same same way every time. Yes, didn't we? We, Should we do it. Just oh yeah, to we used to do. People. It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay. Yay. Always switch. Sometimes I would be the it's. Yeah. We just switched who started. That's yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of discussed this in a, a previous podcast when we were being really meta, when we reintroduced, when we started doing a new introduction to us with mm. to ourselves. <laughs> This is meta meta. We started <laughs> saying, yeah, we found that we were getting bored with the script that we set ourselves. Yeah. So we kind of thought that we'd talk about this in a kind of a broader way in this podcast. In yes. the sense that we were figuring that actually we think that what happens with us, but probably with a lot of people, is that we create scripts for ourselves about us as individuals and mm-hmm. our relationships and how we relate to people and the state of a, yeah. how we do things. Mm-hmm. And that that script can be, you know, we're looking at what that, having that script might open up and close down. Oh, yes. We always like that. Uh, and that there might be that maybe sometimes having that kind of very rigid script about what kind of person we are might be useful to us sometimes, but actually sometimes maybe it's less useful. Mm-hmm. But actually also sometimes we have no idea who we are as, <laughs> as a person. Um, you know, Yeah, and, and it, it can keep us kind of stuck, that whole idea that yeah. we have this particular script about the way we do things. I mean, it's analogous to, to sex really, isn't it? So we're talking yeah. mostly about relationships today, but mm. like when we talk about sex, we're talking about the cultural script and how damaging that is to have a particular cultural script of how to do sex. Yeah. But even if people have left the cultural script behind, they often have their personal script of how to do sex mm-hmm. or a script in a, within a particular relationship. And again, that can be a real problem, both for being present and yeah. being consensual exactly and i think the same thing is true here it's like there's this cultural script for how to do relationships like the relationship escalator mm-hmm. that you do certain things at certain times in a relationship and mm. monogamous relationships etc but even when you've moved away from those you might have these personal scripts for how you do relationships um or kind of stories you tell about how you are in relationships which again may stop you being so present to relationships or yeah. make relationships less intentional and consensual than they might otherwise be. I think it's worthwhile talking about the sex stuff first. Yeah, yeah. Let's, so let's talk about some examples um, in terms in terms of sex. Sometimes it's useful to think about the sex stuff because that can yeah. help us to understand the relationships. Stuff. I think so, yeah. So as we were saying, so um, there's a very heteronormative script for sex, which is like a cultural script yeah. that we get given. Um, and that is um, uh, like snogging, foreplay, clothes off, yeah. more foreplay in inverted commas, <laughs> yeah. intercourse in three different positions and then <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 33, um, And then, yeah, and then there's orgasm. And if, yeah. it's, if it's a penis, it's usually the person with the penis that is orgasming. But ideally, both of you together and uh-huh. looking into each other's eyes. And yes. yeah, yeah, we talked about this till we'll continue talking about it. We're not bored of talking about it. No, but no, we will talk we've about talked this about forever. That a lot. Yes. Because <laughs> it's still out there. Whilst it's still out there, we're going to keep talking about yep. it. Um, and people can reject that. And people yeah. can kind of, people either can actually take that script and 
actively and intentionally have that kind of sex because they enjoy that mm. kind of sex and they they want to do that and that's completely yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also people kind of also do their either a version of that script or they have their own script that they've written entirely. Yes. But the easy thing to do there is to get into this idea, possibly because of the idea of that people have of uh, orgasm being so important when it comes to sex and yeah. that everyone has to kind of get there and have yeah. like a route map to right. get there. Yeah, yeah. That people have to kind of take that route map every time because yeah. otherwise if they're not having orgasms with they have sex, it's not they failed in some way it very quickly sneaks in like yeah. even in new relationships where you're having like quite diverse kinds of sex i, f- I found that you know something can sneak in as a given that this yeah. is going to happen yeah. and then only in a moment of a kind of rupture or something not working is it like oh shit we- i was just assuming mm-hmm. that that was a thing that always would happen yeah but actually you know that person didn't want it to always happen or like you know it's it's kind of not being again we're not being present we're not being consensual yeah Yeah. so we Mm. say in our book enjoy sex how when and if you want to available from all good booksellers now (laughs) (laughs) um that the key to really enjoyable sex is to be present and to be consensual yes brackets that's super hard (laughs) close brackets brackets is also super hot (laughs) but it's also super hot um but yeah, trying to aim to do something rather than being where you are during it and aiming for consent and aiming for presentness yeah. uh, makes for the hottest sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, so if you're, you know, always reaching for the doxy vibrator to get mm-hmm. yourself off at the end of a session, for example, yes. mm-hmm. um, or if you're um, uh, masturbating in a particular way in order to ejaculate. Yeah. It, over somebody for example at the end of every single time you have sex yeah yeah then it's kind of you've created your own script and it makes it harder for you to think okay what's going on in my body what am i feeling right now what Mm -hmm. am i sensing what am i thinking about what am i fantasizing about what's going on for the other person yeah and also not being if you're creating that script and you do it every time just because you've done it once doesn't mean the other person's agreeing to it no exactly all the time it's so easy to think that they will be yeah yeah so you're potentially bringing in quite problematic non-consensual stuff but also you're just bringing in the kind of kind of a ritualized like low level lacking in consent mm. stuff which is just mean can lead to kind of just a rubbish time yeah mediocre sex mediocre basically. sex yeah, yeah. yeah um so where if you're listening to i mean i'm not saying that i've never done this. <laughs> no i've totally done this right? like even quite recently yeah yes i mean it's really easy to get <laughs> yeah. into that and it's also really easy to do that with solo sex as yeah well. absolutely i was just thinking easy. that as you were talking yeah. actually with the vibrator example and it's like yeah god solo sex perhaps even more easily mm. you know because often i guess it is quite easy to be pretty goal focused with yeah. solo sex that you can really easily get into that kind of routine of following a particular script and not yeah. give yourself that what again why diversity of self-pleasure options yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah um because we mustn't spend very much time with ourselves having sex with ourselves yeah that's really wrong isn't it so yeah and again you just having a go-to fantasy or a go-to porn or something like that would be other examples wouldn't they of like mm. you know maybe not opening up as as wide as possible to being present to yourself yeah with solo sex yeah i guess one of the attractions to creating your own script that way and and to keep mm. doing things in that way is that you give your it, that going off script can be scary yeah and like really thinking about what um could happen when you have a whole world of possibilities yes. available 
that that can be quite scary when you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and also and, and and a lot of people don't want to enter into sexual activity because it might be scary or yeah. that, you know there's an element of comfort that people yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of want so it's completely understandable and we're not castigating anyone for it but it's like mm. notice it yeah and, exactly and um, other yeah again are other ways to bring in that safety bring in yeah exactly yeah. other yeah. other ways of bringing in safety rather than just following the same script which actually may be really risky you know the th- yeah. often i mean i guess that's it it's often the paradox is that the things that we think are safe you know, like avoiding difficult feelings is something that's safe. And as we've mentioned many times on this podcast, <laughs> actually really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Don't and I that. think, yeah, stick, sticking with a particular script can feel like it's safe when actually it probably is more risky in terms of probably damaging that ongoing erotic connection between us mm-hmm. and also potentially straying into non-consent. Yeah. Yeah. So the advice that we give here about sex, I suppose, is mm. if we... In order to help us to remain present and consensual, it's uh, good to be able to check in yeah. like before, during, and after. Uh-huh. And those after conversations can be super valuable. Yeah, like really great. Really just figuring out, um, you know, to remind yourself to be present for next time and to remind yourself and to be able to talk about if there was anything else going yeah. on in your mind, if you were distracted at any point or yeah. why it is that we might have been going through the motions or... And what it was like for the other, you know, you thought you knew what it was like for the other person, but checking in with them whether that really was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but also just to, to pay attention to it for next time and yeah. to be, and to, to be able, if you can talk about it, great. But um, if you can't have, if you find those kinds of conversations are very difficult, Rather than going to the script, can you just go to your body and yeah. remind yourself of what's going on in your body? And that sometimes means that we're, if we're aiming to be present and aiming for consent, that sometimes means that we either don't have sex or we don't have sex that we might, the kind yeah. of sex that we might normally have. Yeah, exactly. So it might mean that we're doing a lot more very low intensity, uh, less sensational kind of sex than we might otherwise, but because mm. we're being present and consensual, we're able to do that. Yeah. So, but taking that advice to how we feel about ourselves and yeah. our past, but also our relationships and how we conduct our relationships, but mm. I guess even more broadly, like uh, existentially, how Ooh. we feel about ourselves, right? Oh, you used a good word there. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what it means, but... <laughs> Always like that word. But, you know, they yeah. just, you know, sometimes we kind of make these, it's like whenever I see people on a dating site putting their, what's the, what's the four letters thing, the MIGs? what's it Myers-Briggs Myers-Briggs that's it <laughs> and they're confidently saying I'm an in an ISP something yeah, yeah whatever I'm an ENFP oh, and you yeah, know I'm, yeah. I'm confidently saying that's who I am like, yeah bollocks <laughs> I'm all of the letters all of the time yeah yeah what, and maybe they're not feeling. binary yeah <laughs> maybe they're not binary no absolutely um, yeah so we pin ourselves down don't we mm. often to these particular stories about who we are mm. um, and that, that is really risky yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so um, what should we start with? Like, should we talk about relationship patterns and things? Yeah, well, or? I think that's a good analogy one for the what we just did with sex because mm. it's one, again, where there's this cultural script, Yeah, which we won't go in a lot of detail because we talk a lot about how the cultural script of how to do relationships doesn't fit everybody. Mm-hmm. But if that's the relationship escalator of kind of like dating and then going monogamous and then like yeah. moving in with somebody and then having kids or whatever. Yeah. like What in the commas serious means and getting serious yes. for somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 
that's the relationship, the cultural relationship script, and then people may may move away from that and try and do things differently. But again, other scripts can really come in. You know, the thing I've written about a lot is how is the polyamorous script. You yeah. know, like that when I went from monogamy to polyamory, there was this real sense of this is how you do polyamory, and it's like dating multiple people, yeah. and you know maybe it is that primary secondary model. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, there was an expectation you're sexual with everybody, and you mm-hmm. can't really stop being, and like mm-hmm. you know you're supposed to have so many dates in a any you know in a month in in order for it to be counted as a partnership or a relationship and yeah. all these kind of scripts about would, how to do it would kinda. that be in rewriting the rules that would be in rewriting the rules uh, second edition out now yes very exciting <laughs> <laughs> um, you can yeah. read all about how i fucked up polyamory <laughs> <laughs> There's also that thing with polyfolk about how uh, it has to be like a romantic slash sexual partner yes. that is there and that almost um, friends don't really feature so much yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. That or, or family maybe or other kinds of or relationship with yourself, crucially. Yeah, yeah. So polysaturation can be a thing. Yeah. So it's easy to write your own scripts even when you're doing something which is non-normative. Yeah. And so... A lot of, um, so I think for a lot of polyfolk, we're both talking from a place of knowing and yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not trying and to, we're not trying to dis polyamorous people because no. we're definitely um, have been involved with lots of kind of non monogamy ourselves. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the it's where there is that tendency to rewrite a script. It suddenly mm. starts looking normative as hell. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's suddenly oh, I've got all these rules again. Again, yeah. this is. Um, this is rewriting the rules territory. I mean, it's just Thank you. all in there. It's just a life-changing book. And, oh. uh, such a... Oh, Thank you for saying. I just love that book so much. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you, mm. you, you create another script which is normative. And I guess that, th- that thing in... Um, that's that thing to do with the relationship setups, but also we can have our own script about how we relate to other people as yeah, well. Yeah, about we? how we do relationships... Mm. And yeah, again, I feel like this is, it can be both, well, it's that open up and close down thing. Mm. So I found it really helpful to sort of really try and get a sense of what is my script for relationships and like, Mm. where has it come from? Mm. How do they tend to play out? Mm. That's really helped me to think about things that I want to shift and actually make those shifts. So again, I do talk in rewriting the rules a bit openly about this now of like having recognised that, in my family, there was quite a script of uh, kind of getting into really close relationships and putting quite a lot of pressure on them to be like a lot for somebody mm. and then rejecting those relationships, whether those be romantic relationships or relationships with children or relationships with friends. Mm. That was something that was, was happening kind of in my grandparents' generation mm-hmm. on one side. And, you know, I think that really got passed on to me. Mm. Um, and it really helped me to sort of recognise that script in my own relationships of, yeah, kind of like the one, you know, mm. putting an awful lot on one person or maybe on two people once I was polyamorous. Mm. And, you know, it kind of being a kind of all in and then pulling back kind of pattern, mm. um, which, you know, again, that's not to say that there's a problem with relationships that last a shorter period of time. You yeah. know, long term isn't necessarily better, mm. but I don't think it was great for me or the other people concerned you know that I was kind of putting too much pressure on and then kind of withdrawing entirely I would like to try and find a different way of doing things which is what I'm trying to do really intentionally these days so finding that pattern that and seeing that I had that script and kind of thinking about ways to shift it was super helpful Mm. 
But then, as you're saying, what does the idea of scripts close down? Well, sometimes in a way, having thought of that, am I maybe even seeing that in my life when it's not there? Mm. You know, or does it, you know, even by having that sense of such a strong script, does it then become a self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm so scared it's going to play out? It almost makes it more likely to happen, you know? Yeah, Yeah. they call it confirmation bias, don't they? Yeah. When... um, um, and then when you have that, the what's the other expression about when, when the only tool that you own is a hammer, then all everything the, looks like a nail. Yeah, yeah. When actually, it might be a screw. Exactly. And so sometimes this is the problem with this. I, I guess this is a, a thing about being careful about to what extent you think you know yourself. Yeah. Uh, and to what and to what extent you're an expert in of your own life and your own experience because um people can have people we need to this is the thing about we need to frame this conversation in the way that we have about what does this open up and what does it close down because clearly there are benefits for people yeah like therapeutically or just spending some time thinking about what kind of person they are what previous relationships they're in what what it is that and there's clearly a benefit there but there's clearly also yeah a a problem with being that fixed about yourself and exactly. thinking that you that that is you yeah and that that is you forever yes and so sometimes it's really worth just looking at these scripts and trying to do it as much as you can with fresh eyes and think well actually what if i'm just wrong about this yeah or what if it turns out i really don't know myself very well yeah because we're constantly, another thing, a motto of ours, a mantra of ours, is, is that we're constantly changing or yeah. influx, things are impermanent. Before the podcast started, um, I was talking about, uh, I've been, uh, about my experience with journaling. I think you probably journal more than I do. But, yeah, I'm but big into journaling. I, yeah. write, I, I write things down sometimes, but then I rarely look back. Yeah. And when I, whenever I do look back at recent entries I think well that's no longer an issue for me anymore yeah yeah and you were saying you know it's the the the, that doing doing that process reminds you of how impermanent yeah the thing that you were so worried about like a year ago and you're like oh my god I had even forgotten that that was a thing yeah what even was that (laughs) yeah and like that actually even sometimes you know that that if that happened now I just wouldn't it wouldn't be a big deal for me that, that thing that was such a big deal for me before you know yeah uh, so yeah, we are we are really impermanent and ever changing. Definitely. Um, and yeah, some of these patterns do really shift over time. And as you say, sometimes it isn't that useful to see them as a self fulfilling prophecy or mm. to assume like, oh, this relationship's ending, say after a similar number of years, mm. therefore it must be that pattern playing out. Well, it could be a completely different set yeah. of reasons why that's happening. Then that's I think definitely a thing. You know, I have to be cautious. I have to be cautious now, both in a way to yeah to hold it lightly. It's mm. that thing yeah. of like instead of grasping that idea of this pattern and applying it to everything mm. or hurling it away and saying it would be terrible if I was that kind of person, so I'm going to say that I never do that. Yeah, it's like hold it lightly okay, this is happening, could be my pattern playing out, mm-hmm. you know, let's look at that. And also, let's not like make it that. Let's also come up with other possible things that might be going on here. And probably it's a lot of them. Because yeah. like everything's so complex, you know, in terms of people and their relationships that it's likely to be several different stories you could tell through the same set of events, really. Exactly. And it's the thing where where we have that script or we have this rule for the kind of 
yeah. or what happens in these situations that we have for ourselves that, that that you also have to be present to and pay attention to your reaction to that rule yeah and as you're saying not throw not grasping it too tightly or throwing it away but being present to yeah. that action in and of itself and mm-hmm. that kind of that internal battle that we have with all the things that we thought were, that we knew about ourselves and yeah maybe they're still true but actually maybe they're not and that tension in of itself can be really tricky and difficult yeah. where and as we were saying before about the sex because we're all trying to get this sense of um we're wanting to be fixed and wanting to really understand ourselves because it gives us a sense of security and safety yeah. and a sense of immortality, I suppose. Yeah, at the end of the day, back to the existential, it's yeah. like this sense of control, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So even over things that are really painful, we can come up with these scripts, mm. you know. I think about depression as well, that's one, isn't it? It's like, mm. you know, I had this story, you know, I, I definitely struggled with depression my whole life and I had a story of like, I tend to get depressed in spring, mm-hmm. tends to last this long, yeah. da, 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 you know. And that was a helpful story in a sense of trying to get me some control over it mm. and think about, well, this is how long it tends to last. And this is, you know, but it also fixed me in a lot of ways. And yeah. like now, again, it, everything's impermanent. I experience depression in a very different way these days. Yeah. I'd probably never be shot of it, you mm. know, and that's a good thing actually to kind mm. of reconcile with. And, you know, yeah, it's shifted from being something that happens more uh, predictably at a certain time of year and for a long time to something that will happen following certain things in my life for quite a short time and actually I've noticed that if I can really be with it 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 tends to work through much more quickly than it ever did in the past yeah but you have to let go of the story for that to happen otherwise you'll actually keep you know if if every time you get depressed you're telling yourself the story about how it works it Mm. probably will work like that yeah yeah 100 percent I was Mm. thinking this about feelings generally you know feelings are constantly changing and yeah I guess we want we don't want to say um that's not to say that um if there are definite structural things that are making people unhappy oh, yeah. and depressed that you know you just have to you know wait them out because those feelings are no no, no 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 definitely not, not, definitely saying, not that. saying that no. <laughs> somebody really liked on twitter somebody really liked our phrase uh oh neoliberal 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 <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not saying that no but, we're not saying have a neoliberal in fact it was that's how I shifted to my depression was a neoliberal bubble bath and everything was better maybe not um, <laughs> yeah um, but all things are impermanent right? yeah and and that's I think one of the things that is just is is an existential struggle yeah um but I'm reminded of my uh, favourite film, actually, which is 24-Hour Party People. Mm. Uh, and there's a scene in it where Christopher Eccleston shows up as the philosopher Boethius. I'm Boethius, author of The Consolation of Philosophy. It's my belief that history is a wheel. Inconstancy is my very essence, says the wheel. Rise up on my spokes if you like, but don't complain when you cast back down into the depths. Good times pass away, but then so do the bad. Mutability is our tragedy, but it's also our own. The worst of times, like the best, are always passing away. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Basically, I've just included this bit in order that everyone watches 24-hour parts. Well, we do want you to do that. It does sound a bit like Buddhism as well, though, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this features... um, 
the Happy Mondays and yeah. Tony Wilson and Joy Division. But yeah, it's very similar. But similar, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this idea that yeah, like don't get too, don't get too excited about the good stuff. Don't get too brought down by the low stuff because impermanence is just how life is. Yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, like you're saying, hold that alongside you know structural inequality makes people's life shit yeah um and exactly. it's not about saying oh well, that's fine because it's impermanent no 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 we no. need to change society i mean i think we've drifted a little bit it's still good stuff <laughs> it's all it's gold stuff. And but... <laughs> we've also not read any notes for this one which was deliberate because well. we thought we'd go off script um, and yeah, exactly. this is what it's like when we go off script exactly yeah <laughs> but that but this is it's still we've veered a little bit we're still but we're still talking about the same thing it's the yeah these are some of the things that get closed down when you write a script for yourself yes. and i think what people can do is to 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 create a script for themselves which is this is what i need in life to be happy so they're writing a script yeah. in order to achieve a goal which is happiness right. just in the same way that we achieve the the goal of orgasm, orgasm. Yeah. or we achieve the goal of marriage or yeah, happily, ever, happily after. ever after yeah 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 and it's when you start being goal focused rather than yeah. being with yourself yeah and being consensual with others mm-hmm. and really trying to be um just having those experiences and um whilst being in this constant state of flux and growth and change yeah then that's when we start making mistakes and grabbing onto things. Definitely. There's some really good work on this as well, this happiness idea. Mm. You know, again, like like you're saying with orgasms and sex and with relationships and happily ever after, you know, there's also this cultural script about Mm. striving for happiness, which actually only applies, only is possible for certain people. So Sarah Ahmed has written some really Mm -hmm. good stuff in The Promise of Happiness about, you know, who happiness is even available to and the normative scripts that are required to achieve this happiness. And then we could say that even when we move away from that and we try and do our own version of mm. like, this is what happiness would be for me. But if we do it in this goal focused kind of way, mm. existential writers like Emmy van Dersen have written about happiness in this context of mm. like, you know, yeah, actually striving for happiness gives us the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of people that, uh, they don't sound as good as those, but um, a couple of people that I found helpful in the past to kind of get, help me get to this point is... Yeah. Um, Oh, I forgot his name, but a guy who wrote a book called The Happiness Trap. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to read that one. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a bit kind of instructional and like mm. instru- it's kind of like a mindfulness instruction manual kind of thing. But there's some really useful stuff in there about actually mm. the more important thing is your values yeah. than actually your current state of happiness. That's pretty much what I think Van Der's yeah. saying as well. Yeah, really good point. And somebody else whose work I... So that's... The book is called The Happiness Trap. His mm. name Russ, might... Russ something? Russ, yeah. Yeah, it is Russ something. He's yeah. Australian. Yeah. Um, I think if people Google The Happiness yeah. Trap, they will find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other um, person that I found really useful is somebody called Dr. Carol Dueck, who's an mm. educational psychologist. This is a bit left field, but it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. When she talks about mindsets. And again, this is a thing which is very popular in teaching at the moment. Yeah. Where... where all we have to, some of her research into this found that if we if she if we say to people you only have a fixed amount of intelligence you can only be yeah. so intelligent that's not to say you can't learn other things but your mm. capacity to learn things is fixed and you only have so much yeah those people don't do as well 
educationally, you know, yeah. when we're testing people, mm. um, as people who are told, your brains are malleable, you, you can grow your intelligence, you can oh. increase your capacity yeah. to, to learn stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's called growth mindset. So it's fixed mindset versus growth nice. mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the criticisms of this are that people are going to schools and saying to kids who uh, suffer various deprivations and oppressions that you need as to long as you have a growth mindset, mindset yeah no, no, no. you know that yeah. is neoliberal bullpup bullshit but yeah. um i the thing that i really like about this is that it's recognizing that we're constantly growing and we're not fixed yes and that the sometimes it is our own script about ourselves that holds us in a place yes. where we can no longer do those things yeah, and the, yeah. the theory behind it is that if we fix ourselves in a place of saying, I can do, I can definitely do this, this is something I can definitely do, yeah. then we don't, um, we don't try, yeah. we don't get into our stretch zones, as we've talked about in a yeah. previous podcast, yeah, yeah. because we don't want to fail. Yeah. And when we're in that fixed mindset of, I, I know I can do this, mm-hmm. we don't succeed because we're so scared of failing. And like yeah. failing is the worst thing. We're getting to this binary of, ah, between success and failure where... Nice. We um, we can't succeed because we're so f- frightened of failure, and yeah. so. Um, and this makes me think of Brené Brown. You know, he's become quite popular with TED Talks mm. and that. Who also writes about the importance of embracing failure. Yeah. And like I was reading something by her recently where she was talking about there was even an organisation where they bring out a glossy, like one of those glossy how we've done this year things that celebrates all their failures. <laughs> like you know, it's like actually you know a lot of companies and individuals are like going like completely the other way now and yeah. being like yeah you know if it, we have to totally embrace failure if we want to do the exactly. things we want to do yeah i um used to well i've not done this activity for ages but one i used to kind of teach a little bit about this and one of the activities that i got people to do was um to put on a pair of underpants incorrectly so in a small <laughs> in small groups i would give them giant um pairs of underwear that nice. I bought from the shop really classy they cost a pound yes. from a pound shop um, <laughs> and as big as possible because um, it was needed for that exercise and I asked them in a minute um, with the Benny Hill theme tune played from oh, my mobile brilliant. to um, <laughs> to put on these pair of underpants as many different ways as they could incorrectly Great. and they would count them so they had to be silly and yeah. they had to they you know they had to kind of you know get out of their comfort zone of mm. what it is that you're supposed to do in a classroom but it's when you're exploring what the script isn't yeah that you can start to explore that you can start to free your mind about right. what the potential is for what right. you might for what you might do I so love it. that's the thing of so if you find yourself with a script in any of your about yourself yeah or when it comes to sex or any particular relationships that you're having, yeah. I guess if we if we find that script and then do and then explore what anything else other than that script might feel like, it's really exciting because it makes me think of like in relationship therapy. Sometimes what you prescribe to a couple who's struggling or a triad or any other relationship form, I guess, is like if they've got stuck in a script, you know, you get them to do, you know, to just do other possible scripts like yeah. you know it can free it can really free you up yeah. or to do that script like fully like just like intentionally keep doing that thing at each other yeah. so it gets really boring or you really notice it and then it also makes me think of um 
what excites me about this idea of being plural selves Mm -hmm. is that you know there's this kind of theory that we're all kind of multiple rather than singular Mm. but what we do in life is bring certain parts of ourselves to the fore and kind of disown others Mm. so again that kind of work is really about you know okay so I'm always this you know this good placid person yeah how can I get in touch with the fiery like bad part of me and like bring that to the fore sometimes because that will make me this kind of more rounded person we that we the kind of almost idea that we all have all of these kind of archetypes or sides of ourselves there but we can't absolutely the um, plural self zine which you wrote that came out just before Christmas or around Christmas yeah it was this year yeah oh my god thank you it was one of my favorite Uh, zines to write it's free go and get your hand well go and get your hands in it whilst it's still free Uh, no intention (laughs) for you to start charging it but I think I think I should charge but anyway um it's really good and so if we thought of this as plural selves yes okay which one of us is telling a script about ourselves yeah and in what way are we shutting up other, other versions sides of, of ourselves, ourselves exactly who might have different scripts that might be more challenging and more fun yeah or ex- more different so it's like giving space to all those different voices in ourselves and again like if perhaps if we can do that in relationship too again we're not we're not we're not so we're not fixing ourselves, but then we're not fixing our partner yeah. you know because we're able to be with all the sides of them or our friend or whoever exactly and then again we're not fixing the relationship into a certain pattern because we're we're relating in these diverse dynamics between us yeah keeps it all kind of open and in that um in that kind of fixed versus growth kind of Mm. models that i was talking about in couples people fix each other in the sense of this is what we do and that's one of the most dangerous things in terms if you want that relationship to thrive and continue you have to accept that it's uh it's changing and uh and growing and and can shift and exactly and and that there are different sides to them you know that it's really tempting to you know objectify people to be like okay that's who I want them to be and I don't want ever to see these sides of them but actually we're going to have to embrace that diversity in that person and in ourselves yeah um and actually longer term you know it feels like trying to fix somebody as the the thing we want them to be Mm. is like the way to go it's actually the opposite yeah yeah Speaking of the opposite, um, throwing in another pop culture reference to uh, what you were saying about doing the opposite script, and this is oh, Seinfeld. I knew you were going there. George Costanza, the episode, the opposite. The opposite, where, yeah. Um, George um, was having a difficult time because he was living with his parents, which he didn't want to do. Lost his job and had no one to date. Yeah. Um, and and Jerry's advice was, well, you should do the opposite, you yeah. know. Uh, and so instead of and so he was in a cafeteria once and instead of eating a tuna salad he had tur- chicken or turkey yeah. salad or something Jerry said you should have, should have had salmon and then he was like he went up to he basically decided to do everything the opposite for the whole episode uh, the opposite of how he would normally how would usually do, it. do it yeah I should do the opposite I should. if every instinct you have is wrong then the opposite would have to be right <laughs> yes I will do the opposite I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. <laughs> what did it, you once you once advised me to follow this advice and I did. And, and it, it was good advice. It I was. Recall. I can't even remember why you advised it or what I ended up doing, but I definitely did try this and it was quite cool. There was a pattern with somebody. We can't talk about it. We can't yeah. talk about it in any detail, but there was a pattern with somebody. Yeah. And 
um, it was annoying you because the exact same thing would happen. Oh, each time. that's right. I now I remember, and I remember who it was as well. Yeah, yeah. but so, it does. It has shif- shifted yeah. with that person, and so that is shift. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you suggested I did the opposite. Yeah, it was something where I think I would always go quite meek and yeah. not a kind of assert myself, and I tried doing the opposite. Yeah, and that's another example of also just where sometimes small things can actually really help you mm. to shift big things. Yeah, which is one of the things that. Uh, still going to talk about it I uh, love about Queer Eye is that yes. you know, for example yeah rocking a moustache yeah can really change how you might yeah how if I was to rock a moustache and walk around uh, yes. for the rest of the night I might you know feel very differently about myself I than... mean and this is also um, <laughs> the, the this is also the message in the excellent Frank Turner song Little Changes right oh the... about how the little changes make the big changes and can I just say I'm on the music video for that <laughs> I forgot to talk about that I'm totally on the music video for that song yeah because Frank uh, decided to have a second music video for the song that was all of his fans doing the dance and some of us did it and it was awesome and we got to be on the music video. So just saying, if you want to go on YouTube and look at Frank Turner Little Changes fan video, yep. there I am, CMJ in it. dancing. Oh yes. Yeah, holding up a copy of our book. Enjoy sex, Harry, <laughs> if you want to be pointing to it. <laughs> That's not true. No. <laughs> next time. No, next time. That would have been a good idea, promotion, yeah. <laughs> so if you are struggling with this stuff and... If you're, if you feel like you've kind of like got stuck with a script of yourself that isn't mm. somehow working out for you, or you're you're wary that you may have got stuck with a script, yeah, try making a small change, yeah, like that, just and see what happens, yeah, um, and be really conscious. It, sometimes it just helps just to be remind yourself to be present with yourself, yeah, and remind yourself to treat yourself nice. Oh, that always helps. Like yeah. if I think if in in doubt on anything, if in doubt. Be more kind. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Which is also the name of a Frank Turner album, I believe. Wow. <laughs> good old, good old Frank. Suddenly, the, <laughs> it's coming through for us. Suddenly, the the whole the, the whole philosophy behind Meg John Barker is is coming. You can see where it's coming from. Or is this? Or has Frank Turner got all of this from Meg John Barker? I don't think it's worked in that direction. But um, but yeah, it's quite a new thing for me. Well, no, I've been into him for a few years. But right. yeah, yeah. Good, good guy. Excellent ideas. <laughs> so we, is that it? Anything else that we want to... No, I think that's good. That's a good rambly chat, wasn't it? Yeah, but we also like went off script and I think yeah. it paid off. We don't have a list of things that we would talk about. So yeah. we've covered everything because we didn't have a list. Yeah. I mean, we could go on. <laughs> I think maybe best not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you found that useful. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And um, follow us on the yeah, Twitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Meg John Justin. We're still a little bit, we're doing a lot of scheduled tweets. Yeah. Uh, we're not kind of doing, because of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're, by the time this comes out, we might be a little bit more active yeah. on, the, on the Twitters. But yeah, followers, the most important thing, if you could do this. Yeah. Um, is if you could subscribe to our podcast, tell your friends about our podcast, mm-hmm. leave us a review on iTunes, That'd all of these awesome. things, like the, there's some algorithm or something where mm. more people will find out about us um, if you do those things, and that would be would really be helping us out. We know that, I think we said in the last episode, it's very difficult for people to share a podcast 
um, that's about sex and relationships yeah. and stuff because people think, what are they um, having to listen to that for yeah. kind of thing. And there is still a taboo about talking about the kinds of stuff that we're talking about. So we understand they can be difficult to share. But by leaving a review and um, and by subscribing, you'd be really helping us even yeah. if you can't share it. So please, 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 if you could do that, that would be wonderful. That'd be great. Check yeah. out our book. Check out our zines. Yeah. Uh, our zines are on our website uh, at megjohnandjustin.com mm-hmm. uh, our podcast itself is hosted at soundcloud soundcloud.com forward slash megjohnjustin and we usually write a blog post for every episode that yes. we produce or a I'll, little I will be doing that tomorrow morning a little thingy thing thing yeah. uh, <laughs> thingy thing thingy thing thing <laughs> I'm not talking okay we've run out of words and we want to go have a beer so That's goodbye a good everyone bye <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>